Welcome back for another edition of the HS Extra Pet Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera. As we get you set uh, for some conference play, everybody has now entered conference play, Joe. It's an exciting time of year. Let's start with Southwest Guilford and Parkland. Uh, I think we're going to, to start to have some questions answered about Southwest Guilford and just how good this ball club is. Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Chuck Doak uh, said last week after their win over Andrews that they haven't played a complete game yet. Uh, they're probably going to need to do that against Parkland this week. Parkland's 4-2 and two overall. One of the two losses, a, a decisive one to East Forsyth. We know how good that team is. And that was without Parkland's quarterback, Kamian Shell. He's been back playing. He had some kind of an injury, illness, something. It was kind of vague about why he was out. But the good news for Southwest Guilford is that uh, they've scored at least 35 points in three of their last four games. That's with Jaden Rogers kind of finding his groove at quarterback. I think that's a key for them, that they continue to get something out of him at quarterback. And, and he hit some plays. Uh, the guy who was sharing time with him earlier in the year, Quantes Poche, he's doing things at other positions as a receiver, as a back. They're trying to get him the ball different ways. And he's also also running a little bit at quarterback, but they, they need steady play from that position. They're going to need a few big plays, uh, and they're going to need to contain Camion Shell. He's one of the better dual-threat kids around at quarterback. He can run. He can throw. You know, We've seen what he could do last year against a pretty good Dudley defense, and he's still a good player. That's a key game, and again, that, that's one of those games you're talking about the start of conference play that if Southwest Guilford is going to be a player in the Piedmont Triad 3A, is going to be a contender, this is a game that if they can win this, this was, would be a big first step for them to win on the road at a good Parkland team and kind of give them some momentum for the rest of the ride. Uh, we have an interesting matchup to talk about next. Southeast Guilford uh, will see a familiar face. Fritz uh, Hessenthaler's ball club, Southern Alamance, uh, will host the Falcons. Yeah, uh, last year there was a lot more hype around the fact that uh, Southeast was going against its former coach. Uh Southern Alamance scored early in that game, and then Southeast shut them down the rest of the way. And that was a little bit of a springboard and a momentum thing, helping Southeast make a run all the way to the three AA state championship game, which they dropped to Matthews Weddington. A lot of that's kind of worn off this year, but one interesting thing about Fritz is that his teams were wing tee, run the ball, come at you, be physical. I don't think they've stopped running the ball or being physical, but they're pretty balanced this year. They're averaging 186 yards on the ground and 170 through the air. I can't remember the last time uh, one of Fritz's teams threw the ball that much. That's going to present some problems for Southeast. Southeast has had a little bit of a problem of its own with quarterback play this year, and part of that is you're not going to have anybody who's going to have the experience and the poise that Adam Douglas did. The Adam Douglas. Adam is his younger brother, the wide receiver. Ryan Douglas did at quarterback the last few years. He was our uh, HSExtra.com uh, all-area quarterback. Also was our all-area baseball player of the year. Tough kid, smart kid. They've been rotating Walter Camp, a transfer from Northwest Guilford. They've also been playing Jordan Farmer, who's more athletic, more of a dual threat guy. Neither of them has really clicked consistently. If Southeast is going to win the game, it would really help to have one of those two hitting a little bit through the air. They obviously have a good ground game. Jalen Fairley, two weeks ago, the last game for Southeast Guilford, ran for 307. Uh, he was an all-area kid for us last year. A big reason they got to the state championship game as a sophomore. He's going to get his, but they need to be balanced. And going on the road at Southern Alamance, this is going to be a tough game. Southeast is 1-0 in the mid-Piedmont 3A. Southern Alamance is 2-0. Either team 
the winner of this game is going to be big for them for the rest of the year and keep them in contention in what looks like a wide open conference this year. Uh, Eastern Guilford is in that league and is strong. Williams has been better this year. Southern Guilford's been a little bit of a factor this year. So it's a pretty wide open league, and this is a game that's going to help shake out what's going to happen there. Uh, not the only Guilford County team that we'll see in Alamance County team. Eastern will be at Northern this week, and the Nighthawks uh, find themselves in a sticky situation. Yeah, uh, their loss last Friday night at Northeast Guilford, 35-21, kind of made this game not quite as big as it could have been, but it's still a huge game for Northern Guilford. If Northern Guilford wants to contend for the Mid-State 3A Championship, they got to win this game. They still have Western Alamance out there later in the year. That's, their, I believe, their last game of the regular season. They need this one to get back into play for the championship and really throw things wide open. If Eastern Alamance wins this game, they would go to 3-0 in the Mid-State 3A with wins over Northeast and Northern and would basically set up their annual showdown with Western Alamance, which is their big rival, on November 1st as a conference championship game. Northern Guilford, when they're good, they're able to run the ball and pass the ball. When quarterback Will Leonard has to make a lot of plays with his arm and they become one-dimensional, that's when they really struggle. That's what happened to them last week. Northeast Guilford, uh, an Earl Bates coach team, they're, they're going to try to take away what you do well and they had some success taking away the run making Northern Guilford one dimensional that was the key to this Northern Guilford does not want to get into a high scoring game with Eastern Alamance because this is an Eastern Alamance team that's averaging almost 48 points a game and Northern can score some points but I don't think they're equipped to get into that kind of a game with Eastern Alamance they need to run the ball a little bit keep Eastern Alamance quarterback Austin Bryan on the sideline as much as they can and make this a lower scoring game but this is one Northern Guilford needs to win if they're going to be in that conference race. Joe, uh, uh, an interesting game in the Metro 4A, uh, Page and Northwest Guilford. Uh, right now, at, at least from uh, our perspective, the fight for second place in the Metro begins. Yeah, I think there's there's no doubt at this point that Grimsley is in the driver's seat, even though a conference game has not been played yet. Uh, we knew the Whirlies were good. They lost last week. Let's get that out of the way right off the bat. 21-20 to East Forsyth. But that is a very good East Forsyth team that hasn't lost since 2017. And Grimsley very easily could have won that game. A blocked extra point. They they didn't tie it at that point. They recovered an onside kick at the 35 of East Forsyth. They're not able to get the ball into the end zone or into field goal range. They lose by one. I think if there were any doubts about Grimsley being a, a major player, not only in the triad but in the state, that game erased those doubts so I think we've got to view Grimsley as the favorite the prohibitive favorite to win the Metro and their last game of the regular season is going to be at Page but boy Page and Northwest are both in rough shape because of their non-conference schedules Page 1-6 and six overall and we've said before and I'll say it again they're better than that record in terms of how they can play against teams in this area but there's a point where the Pirates need a win, and this is a place where they need a win. If they don't win this game at Northwest Guilford, it's going to be really tough for them to finish any 
better than maybe third in the Metro 4A, and with their non-conference record, that very well may not get them into the playoffs, and that's something that hasn't happened to Page in a very long time. Meanwhile, Northwest, Guilford, Kevin Wallace, the coach there with a very young team, they got off to a good start, 2-0. They've dropped their last four games, and in those four, they're giving up 48 points per game in those games, so uh, I'm guessing that this may be a fairly high-scoring game, but uh, this is a game that both teams need to win just to, to stay, I think, in playoff contention. You never know how the playoffs are going to shake out, and you could have third and fourth place teams from the Metro making the playoffs this year, but boy, I would not want to be sitting on that Saturday morning waiting for those brackets to come out, or Saturday afternoon, or whenever they come out, and hoping that maybe we get in uh, because we didn't finish second in the conference, or, you know, if it's Page or Northwest, they still play Grimsley, and I guess there could be an upset. We don't see that happening. We see this as a game that will be part of the elimination process for second place, but uh, this is a big game, even though neither team has a great record. No, they don't. However, uh, you think about what's on the line here. Uh, two programs that traditionally have had success, uh, both wanting to make the playoffs, obviously. Uh, I, I think that the importance of this game cannot be understated. Uh, cannot be overstated, excuse me. This, this game is huge, yeah. uh, despite the fact that the records don't show it. Uh, the way that the playoffs work around here, this game has a ton of impact on what will be coming out uh, in the middle of November. The last game we want to talk about, Smith and Dudley, a traditional rivalry. Joe, that's where you'll be. Yeah, I haven't seen the Panthers in a few weeks, and you know this is not the game it once was. Smith has, has fallen on hard times the last few years. This year, no, kind of no exception. They're 1-5 heading into Piedmont Triad 3A conference play. The one win, though, 35 nothing over over. A decent Andrews team, so you know you, you got to think. Well, you know maybe maybe Smith can do something. They've got an experienced quarterback, Jordan Williams, but they've really struggled to score points this year, and that's a bad position to be in if you're going to be playing Dudley with the defense that the Panthers have. When you've got guys like Miles Murphy, Peyton Page. Milan Summers, some of the other talented players on that defense. That's not a place you want to be in. The main reason I want to see this game is I want to see how that Dudley offense looks. They've got weapons. They've got running backs. They've got receivers. They've got a strong offensive line. The quarterback play has been up and down, to put it mildly. Jameer Slade, a sophomore. Manny Elliott, a sophomore. Both have started some games. We just don't know what we're going to get from Dudley. But if Dudley is going to make a deep playoff run, one of those two guys has to become the guy for the Panthers. This is the kind of game that can give one of those two guys, whichever one they go with and whichever one is, is playing well, some confidence that will lead them through the conference play and into the playoffs. That's why it's a really important game for Dudley, even though you'd have to think that the Panthers will come out with a W. That'll do it for this edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. We'll be back next week. Make sure you follow along on hsextra.com for coverage throughout the rest of the week and into the weekend. Take care, everybody.